Welcome to Cretech Climate Cast, a podcast series devoted to educating, inspiring, and leading the built world to address the world's biggest crisis, climate change. I'm your host, Michael Beckerman, CEO of Cretech Climate, the leading voice for the real estate industry's commitment to climate tech. Join me each week for 20 minutes as we connect with the world's leading real estate and tech innovators from VCs, real estate companies, academic and nonprofit sectors. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, it's Michael Beckerman. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Cretech Climate Cast, where I talk to leaders who are helping to decarbonize the built world, but also address climate crisis in their own business and their own way. I'm really excited today because we've got Matt Plant, a co-founder and president of Voltus, with us on the podcast. And this one's a little bit different because this one, I really want to focus on a tech platform, a startup that has really scaled. And I'd love for our audience to understand how they did it, what worked, why it's resonating. And I think there's a lot, not just for startups to learn, but I think for the whole entire ecosystem to understand. And while Voltus has got a huge client base, Coca-Cola, Home Depot, Walmart, et cetera, et cetera, and they have clients obviously in the built world, I really wanted to talk to Matt about the company and its journey they recently uh, SPACed a billion and a half dollar SPAC. They've been in business for six years. They've got the top ranking from Deloitte. Uh, in, well, I think they finished second in the technology fast 500 in 2021, which is pretty friggin' extraordinary. And there's just so much to unpack about their success. So they are, as I saw in their investor presentation, they describe themselves as the first publicly traded pure play distributed energy company. Uh, so to understand what the heck that is and more, it's my great pleasure to welcome Matt Plant, co-founder, president of Voltus to the podcast. Thanks for joining me, Matt. No, well, it's my pleasure, Michael. Thank you for having me. Let's just dive right in. You've been in tech for a long time. You've been in uh, clean tech for a long time. Walk us through the origin story of, of Voltus about six years ago. What was the big idea, you and your co-founder and uh, you know what? What were those couple early years like for the company? Well, the big idea was that we were really on the precipice of the electric grid changing for the first time in in 150 years, and so we got started on the backs of of a couple companies uh, that came before us. My co-founder and I came from Enernoc, uh, which built itself into a publicly traded company and was the first demand response company. And we thought we can take this one step farther. We're now witnessing the transformation of the electric grid from being about 80% fossil fuel uh, based to, to, to what we think can be about 80% renewables based. And so our job is to help accelerate that energy transition by bringing distributed energy resources to energy markets. These are the resources that we need to bring to market in order to transition to clean energy. Without the DERs, we won't have the resiliency, the reliability, the uh, cost effectiveness that we need in a grid. And so that's, wh that's why we exist. I got to imagine, Matt, that when you guys started the company, it was a very different environment than it is today. Walk me through sort of like that transition, that transformation of the, the entire marketplace from when you started to where we are today. 
what we wanted to do was to bring DERs to all wholesale markets in North America. So when we started this business six years ago, there was not a single distributed energy resource that participated in MISO, which is the second largest electric grid. There were no distributed energy resources in Southwest Power Pool, which is the third largest electric grid in the United States. And we thought, let's change that. And so we actually started the business in Peoria, Illinois, where we had no competition, where there was no distributed energy resources, and frankly, where we weren't getting paid a whole heck of a lot of money. But we thought, if we can do it here, then we can do it anywhere. So we started the business there and then grew to um, the coastal markets after we proved the model in the, in the middle of the country. The other thing I'd love to understand is, you know, I was looking at some of your numbers. You say you reported 42 million in, re- in recurring revenue in 2021, and you're forecasting 170 million in 23 and 500 in 2025. Again, just forecast, right? This is not a financial show. This is more about how do, how do you get to $42 million in revenue in this marketplace, which again, up until very recently, was not gaining much traction. So what, what led to this success on the revenue side? Capitalism. So our, we exist in order to, again, try to affect the energy transition. We want to stop the climate crisis, but we do that via capitalism. We've always thought that if we can provide a financial incentive to customers to use their energy better, that's how we're actually going to make progress here. And so when we started, we thought, if we are going to succeed, and there are so many well-intentioned companies who fail, if we are going to succeed, if we are going to have any impact whatsoever, we have to be the ones to provide a financial value proposition to each and every customer so that they have no choice but to do this. It's, it's simply the right thing to do. So we've really focused on uh, creating that financial value proposition. And Capitalism. So, uh- yeah, yeah. And, and like, that's part of sort of my climate journey, Matt, is like understanding that there has to be some kind of ROI, right? And yes, a lot of big companies are announcing net zero plans. They're publishing their decarbonization strategies. And yeah, there's a lot of greenwashing. Absolutely. That's going on. But what I've been fascinated with Voltus is that you are actually you know, really emphasizing the ROI to your customers. So could you explain how that works? How, how, how does the ROI work for a company using Voltus's platform? So I'll give you a couple of examples in New York. We work with commercial real estate leaders and REITs in New York to connect their building management system to our platform. And we can push a button and automatically the energy consumption in those buildings will reduce for short periods of time when the grid has an unexpected outage, perhaps. And so we're able to pay a company to actually use our service. We're actually able to pay them for the right to reduce the energy consumption coming out of their buildings when a power plant trips offline unexpectedly in New York. It's done automatically all through our software platform so that they don't have to run around in their buildings turning off things. And oftentimes, these events are so short. Again, with the, with the transition to renewable energy, one of the things we're trying to solve for is, is uh, reliability and intermittency. And when renewables aren't there, if the wind suddenly dies down, for example, and the grid needs a backup resource, they call on us. We press a button, 
that sends out signals to all the buildings that we work with to change their energy consumption by just a little bit. And that has the effect of basically turning on an additional power plant. And so that business scales incredibly well because we're able to provide customers with a no-risk value proposition that actually pays them to be our customer. So they put up no money and they get something out of the relationship right away. That's fascinating. Could you give us a couple examples, if, if you're comfortable, Matt, of real estate companies that you're working with? Because I saw also you've got REITs on the retail side, office, et cetera. Can you just walk us through some of those you know, customers on the commercial real estate side for the audience, which again, this podcast mostly focused on, on the built world. So I'd love to understand some of your customers in our industry. Yeah, it's neat. Vernado is one of our customers. And in, in Vernado's annual sustainability report, they talk about the fact that they participate with us in these programs to, to bring to New York a, a cleaner electric grid. Uh, NYU Langone Hospital has some on-site generation. We went to NYU Langone and said, hey, let us clean up your on-site generation so that the air coming out of it is actually cleaner than the air going into it. And then when the grid needs backup, you can use your on-site generation to take less electricity from the grid and there'll be a big payment for you to do so. So those are a couple of examples. That's great. And so when you, when you guys and your entire team, when you think about how did you effectively scale in our industry? Because most of the sort of the, uh, the climate tech or the clean tech startups that are focused on the built world, they're very young. They're early stage. They don't have the traction yet. And what I, what I felt, again, having you on the podcast, which was so interesting, is the, the lessons that you could, you know, that you've got, you and your team have learned that you could impart on others in the sector. So, you know, the built world, as you know, I've been focused with my team on technology and innovation in a built world for years with Cretech. And it's, you know, we're not for COVID. I hate to say it. We wouldn't have seen the adoption that we've gotten. So how, how have you been able to get this adoption is really fascinating for me to understand. The built space is, is, is an interesting space. In the past, operators were so focused on net operating income, they still are. But when you bring an energy efficiency solution, for example, when your pitch is that you're going to make the building more efficient, oftentimes you're arguing about who gets credit for that. Was it something that I did or was it something that you did? And instead, what we do is literally send a check to the building. And you can't, you can't argue with that. There was no check before the relationship. Now you're actually getting paid to be our customer. You can't argue with that. So that's the principal reason why it scales so well. The, the sort of burden of proof is a lot easier when that's the model. Yeah. And I guess that's the great advice, the lesson for the other startups, technology companies that are listening and watching and is to understand that that's got to be part of the equation, right? Uh, you've got to be able to deliver, as we said earlier, some kind of ROI can be measured. That the industry is, yes, there's the a heightened sense of awareness. And that's part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast is the, the fact that the built world's contributing 40% of carbon em, em, emissions, the, most of any other industry. And if we want to attack that, we've got to do it, yes, from a, you know, a humanitarian perspective and pitch, but it's got to also be about that ROI. So yeah, that, that's really great for the audience to hear. Talk Michael, to I think about, the other yeah, part of it please, is, please. has to do with technology that makes your customers' lives easier and helps them operationally. Good point. So we were not the first company to create this um, value proposition, 
But I think that we were the first one to create true product that was the backbone of our solution. Vernado has been participating in things like this for long before Voltus was created. Right. But when we called Dan Egan and Karen O and showed them what we had built, what they told us was this is actually quite different than what has been um, shown to us before. This, this is actually exactly what we need. And so there's a real technology component to it as well. Yeah. So where, where do you all go from here? What's next? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you feel like you're just getting started and you've got so much growth ahead of you. What's next? What can we look for from Voltus and the team? We have about 2,000 megawatts under management. And worldwide, there's about 320,000 megawatts of potential. And so we're, we've got a lifetime's worth of work ahead of us. When I look at the macro picture and think that 80% of our electricity generation is still fossil fuel based and we want to flip that, you realize we are truly just getting started and we won't be successful unless we actually help affect that transition. So we measure our success, not by megawatts under management, not even by revenue, but really by whether we're actually having an impact and helping us transition to a clean energy economy. We've spent the last five or six years building the foundation that we think allows us to quickly grow from here. We are in each and every wholesale market in the United States, and that gives us a real advantage when we work with national firms who want to do this at all of their sites across the country. So we've built that foundation from a geographic standpoint, and we've built what we think is a real technology advantage. Now it's a matter of pouring fuel on the fire here in North America where we've done it, and also starting to move to some international markets. So I do think we're just getting started. Yeah, the other thing I'd love to get your thoughts on, Matt, is because you've been in the space for, for so long in the, in the clean energy space, is what is it going to take here in North America? Uh, I know it's, it's, you know it's, it's the $18 trillion question for us to really create a, a, a clean energy economy. Voltus is doing great work in the built environment. How are we going to get there as, you know, this is such a, a massive crisis. There's so much at stake. I have found in my climate journey that in Europe, it is table stakes, right? Go to Europe and every major corporation, asset manager, pension fund, whatever, you know, business, the, the political environment, that's all they talk about is climate, right? I mean, it's just like in, in my conferences, I see it. I, I can see when I program climate at a great tech in London, you know, the room fills in. I do it in the U.S. Yeah, some people leave. Fine, whatever. I'll keep at it. But what do you think it's going to take to get sort of North America to really embrace and invest uh, in creating this clean energy economy? I mean, you've been at it for a while. So what's it going to take? It's happening. It's, it's going to happen in our lifetime. And I'm much older than you, so be, you know. Let's 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 put it in context, okay? It's going to happen in your lifetime, <laughs> and the reason it's going to happen in your lifetime is because we've developed. We, as in the industry, have developed the best solution moving forward. If you started the electric grid today, you would build it with renewables and distributed energy resources. Solar and wind and distributed energy resources are cleaner and they are more cost effective than fossil fuel resources. There is no argument anymore. So it is happening. I'll give you a couple of data points to support this. We talked about the fact that 80% of electric generation is fossil fuel based. Last year, 80% of all new generation in the United States was a renewable resource. It's happening. The transition is happening. 
Three years ago, there were no distributed energy resources across MISO or SPP. That has changed. The regulations have changed. So when we started this business, and when I first got into this industry in 2004, we've had to knock down barriers, regulatory barriers to the to allow the adoption of distributed energy resources. If we started at point zero, we're now about 80% of the way there. So we've knocked down 80% of the regulatory barriers. And I think the other 20% are actually soon to fall. Mm. You have policymakers creating things like local law 97 in New York yep. that yep. significantly help move the needle. And for a long time, climate change was this you know, slow, inevitable march that maybe you didn't think about too much. But these anomalous events are less anomalous than they used to be, and they are affecting each and every one of us. And that drives up the consciousness. That helps move things forward, whether it's hurricanes or wildfires or ice storms or heat domes in the Pacific Northwest, right? Mm -hmm. All of that has created a couple of things that are ultimately going to get us get us out of this crisis. It's brought an incredible amount of capital into the space. Right. And it's caused for the first time our best and brightest to want to work in climate. So when you put a lot of money against the problem and you add into it the best and brightest, you've got a path to success. So it's happening, you're going to see it in your lifetime. That is absolutely encouraging and and it it means a lot coming from you because again I I know you know, you spent so much time in the sector. And I do believe that it'll be technology and innovation that'll get us out. I mean, we need change of behavior. We do, absolutely. But to really make that the big impact, yes, let's get rid of plastic and let's do all these things and good, you know, let's eat less meat. I'm a vegetarian, so I'm, I'm, I'm all in. But we need technology solutions to really, really make the impact. And I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. Just in the little bit of time that I've been on this climate journey, and I apologize to my kids for, for discovering this so late in life, I've seen it on this podcast. I mean, I've seen just from when I've started to today, the amount of tech companies that I'm connecting with, like Voltus, the amount of investors that I'm connecting with that are investing big dollars into the space, the amount of adoption that I'm seeing. So I know you're right. I just, I think my final question for you would be, make the pitch for me, Matt. Make the pitch to our 100,000-person audience at Cretech, which is largely real estate companies, to why they should be paying attention, embracing, and investing in solutions like Voltus uh, in the whole entire category. You know, the first thing I would say is I don't have to make the pitch. They're actually coming to us as much as we're coming to them now. And one thing that has changed, even though, again, we started this business based upon the fact that we needed to create a financial reason for companies to do this, things are changing and they're changing quickly and they do have real carbon reduction goals. It used to be the sustainability person sort of sat in the basement and didn't have a say at the table. That has changed. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that Vernado talks in their um, annual report about its, its goals and puts uh, money against it is real. New York Life does the same exact thing in its annual sustainability report. So I'm not sure that I actually need to make the pitch. They have, it is happening and they have caught on. If I had to make the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> I'll make the damn pitch, will you? I'll make the pitch. I need the pitch. Here's the pitch. All of your competitors are doing it. 
There you go. All of your competitors are doing it. And if you want to keep up or get ahead, we'll help you do a little bit more. I mean, I'm going to drop the mic now because that's it. That's it, Matt. That's that's it. That's the message. I mean, I'm going to keep you know screaming about this from every mountaintop and every molehill I possibly can find because that's what I feel like I have to do. And I'm not you know, the, the tech guru that you and your, your co-founder and, and your team are, and I'm not building solutions, but I've got a big mouth and a big audience. So I'm going to keep doing that. But, you know, I want the audience to understand as well, you know, when they're listening to this podcast, companies like Voltus, this is not a pay to play with me. Like I, nobody's paying me to get on this podcast. I mean, if they want to, they can, uh, we'll definitely take the money. This is because the shit is real and Voltus is really really scaling. And they're, as I mentioned, the billion and a half dollar SPAC. And this is just in six years. So they're doing something right. We should learn from their playbook. We should emulate sort of what they're doing in terms of best practices. And we should listen to people like Matt when they say that their customer, that, you know, if you're a real estate company, that your peers and your competitors are knocking on their door, the shit's real. Like, so let's go, let's go. So anyway. Get off my soapbox. Thanks, Matt. Matt Plant, co-founder, president, Voltus, distributed energy resources for customers like Vornado, Coca-Cola, Home Depot, Walmart. Check them out, everybody. It's a great company with great leadership. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for everything you do. If you want to hear more about top industry trends, please hit subscribe and join us on this journey to reimagine real estate. If you've enjoyed listening to this week's episode, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. To stay up to date on leading climate tech trends and topics, join the Cretech Climate Community by clicking the link in our bio. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you join us next week.